We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to Striking Gold, your 49ers podcast on the Blue Wire Network. This week's episode is sponsored by TickPick, which should be your first choice to buy football tickets because they save you money by never charging any service fees ever. TickPick is the exclusive ticketing partner for the Striking Gold podcast and the Blue Wire Network. My name's Rob Lauder. I cover the 49ers for the B-Dub. And welcome back, folks. I guess you could say Striking Gold took a little bit of a bye week ourselves, along with the 49ers. Uh, I believe our last podcast was at the same time last week, in which we brought on Kyle Posey, former short-time co-host of Niners Nation, to go through all of your mailbag questions. If you haven't heard that episode, check it out. I thought it was well done. I thought it was uh, the questions really what made it well done was the the good questions that we received from the fans and that kind of made the difference. Uh, you know, that'll always make the difference in a mailbag episode. So those of you that did leave questions on my Twitter for that mailbag episode, I appreciate you. Um, and like I said, great questions. They really kind of spurred some some interesting conversations and I guess you could say from the 49ers perspective, some tough conversations because, you know, sitting at two and three, obviously not everything is going uh, as planned for the 49ers. Uh, in the meantime, while they hopefully got right during the bye week, um, just kind of updating you around the NFC West, the Cardinals during week six remain undefeated, beating the uh, Cleveland Browns. I say beating, trouncing the Cleveland Browns 37 to 14. Uh, we'll talk on this more later, but that right there should tell you just how impressive the 49ers defense was against the Cardinals, holding them to just 17 points in that game. Uh, it was really, really impressive. I mean, it feels like forever ago now, but you know, the 49ers defense has, has been pretty solid, and, and we'll get into more of that later. Uh, in addition to the Cardinals on the winning side of things was the Rams. Uh, beating down the one and five Giants, thirty-eight to eleven. The Rams are now five and one. The Cardinals, by the way, are the only NFL's only undefeated team at this point. 
Um, and they look that good. They look good. They're, they've definitely earned that that place among the NFL. So we'll see how long that continues to hold off. Thankfully for the 49ers, uh, they did make some progress during the bye week, I guess you could say, because the Seahawks did lose on Sunday night football to the the Steelers. And, and in case you weren't aware, weren't aware, Russell Wilson did injure his finger, had to have surgery, went on injured reserve. I believe they expect it to be around six weeks. But obviously, once you lose Russell Wilson, then a lot of that Seahawks magic goes away. Uh, every every 49ers fan knows that. You don't need me to tell you that. You just know it. You've seen it a million times, and it probably kind of tenses you up just to hear about it. Um, Geno Smith started in in place of Russell Wilson and played respectable, uh, especially I don't remember who their last game was against, but looked good when he first stepped in for Russell Wilson and looked okay uh, against the Steelers. Not great, but not as bad as you might think. Geno Smith has been in the NFL for quite some time now. So the Steelers dropped to, excuse me, the Seahawks dropped to two and four and moved the 49ers up into third place in the NFC West, just kind of by default. Obviously, the 49ers are two and three. They had their bye week. Seahawks are now two and four, which technically is a worse record. They, uh, despite having beaten the 49ers, um, sit below the 49ers in the NFC West. Uh, And we'll see how that shakes out when uh, the Seahawks have their bye week and the records are identical and We'll see how that how that shakes out. Right now, the 49ers have a lot of ground to make up in the NFC West if they want to make any sort of a playoff push or have a shot at a wild card uh, spot. They've got a lot of they've got a lot of work to do. To kind of start things off, I guess probably the the things you'd be that are the most pertinent to right now is the 49ers are are preparing for their game against the Colts, which is on Sunday night football at Levi's Stadium, prime time. But the caveat to the game is there is expected to be an absolute downpour. I just read an article today about this storm that's rolling into California, uh, obviously the Bay Area, and then eventually to me in the Central Valley, is one of the biggest storms that should produce the most rain that California has seen in two or three years. And that should be hitting Levi's stadium Sunday during that game. Now, all I've got on the uh, the little iPhone weather app is that there's a hundred percent chance of rain on Sunday. Like it's coming and it's coming hard. We'll see how much that affects the game. If it's as crazy as it sounds, then the first thing I think of is a couple years ago, uh, I believe it was 2019. When the 49ers played the Washington football team in that torrential downpour, and you had the entire defensive front, Nick Bosa, do it for Forrest Buckner, more on him later, uh, all sliding around on the on the turf after they kind of sealed the win. Pretty awesome, you know. Some some great visuals were produced. There was that pic, uh, picture of Mike Person where he just looked like he'd been through absolute hell, his entire face covered in mud. Great visuals, but obviously, if you, if you remember, was just a hell of a game. The 49ers went into that game considered, you know, like the heavy favorites, and the weather just completely changed the dynamic of that game. But the 49ers were able to get it done. We'll see how this game shakes out. Um, we'll get into it a little more in detail, but right now, kind of like the overarching, you know, the cloud over this <laughs> over the podcast is the fact that the game on Sunday is probably going to be pretty brutal. 
so we'll see how much that affects just everything, you know, and, and I wouldn't say it's unfortunate by any means. It's not necessarily doing the 49ers any favor, but as we've seen, the 49ers haven't been playing well. So maybe switching it up, even with the weather, could spur some type of different product that we've seen on the field. Um, but also, if the 49ers have made big strides, they have, you know, they have made big adjustments and, you know, have made changes to the offense to get this thing going, doing it in a torrential downpour is not going to be the most accurate representation of what we think we're going to see out of the 49ers moving forward, especially against a lackluster Colts defense um, going into the game. So, We'll see how that impacts it. It's it's going to be crazy. You know, and me, I'm a huge rain guy. I love the rain. I can't wait for it to get here. But when it comes to football, things get weird. You know, it gets tough to throw the ball. And speaking of throwing the ball, the 49ers are kind of in a weird spot when it comes to quarterbacks. I guess this will take me into the injury report first. I'll get into that. I'm recording this on a Thursday night. And so keep in mind that the more important injury report is on Friday. Usually they offer their first um, game status report, naming players in or out, uh, you know, whether they're doubtful, probable, or they're just out. So we'll see. This is what I've got Thursday. As of Thursday evening, didn't participate in practice on Thursday was Javon Kinlaw. We'll talk a little bit more about him in a little bit. Um, quarterback Trey Lance, who – um, sprained his knee following his game against the Cardinals. And after the game, he seemed relatively healthy, but it wasn't until kind of like that night, the day after, where he realized something was up. Um, Kyle Shanahan did say that maybe Trey Lance could practice tomorrow, but it seemed pretty obvious that that was going to get held off until next week uh, at the earliest, pending everything's okay. And then in addition to Javon Kinlaw and Trey Lance, we've also got Trent Williams who suffered an elbow injury um, against the Cardinals. He made that joke about the fact that he he rode the cart off the field just for convenience. And every NFL fan knows that when someone rides the cart off the field, you're just assuming the worst. So, I mean, that was kind of cruel but funny from Trent Williams. He does have a minor ankle injury that is not considered serious and he's day-to-day. I don't think that it's going to threaten his status for Sunday evening. But do not quote me on that. Just kind of reading the tea leaves and kind of how it's been spoken about. I do feel like Trent Williams is going to be able to go against the Colts, unless the injury is worse than we've kind of already been, than has been let on or just kind of what I'm pitting, picking up on. So that is the uh, those are the people that have not participated in practice, and I believe all three of those have – also missed Wednesday as well. Limited is quarterback Jimmy Garoppolo, who is still recovering from the calf injury. Um, linebacker Marcel Harris uh, suffered a thumb injury. I believe he had to have surgery or at the very least uh, get a cast for that. And then you have defensive tackle Maurice Hurst, who also suffered a calf injury. And I believe he's a new addition to that injury report. I don't think he was on it Wednesday. So we'll see there. And and kind of that injury is a little bit more important than may seem on the surface. Obviously, I guess when you just under normal circumstances, you see the name Maurice Hurst limited with a calf injury. Most 49ers fans wouldn't bat an eye because they have a, a pretty deep defensive front. But right now, Javon Kinlaw is also dealing with that knee injury. Uh, he hasn't practiced. It 
We'll see if he's able to go on Sunday. Uh, in the same reading the tea leaves sense, it doesn't seem like he's going to be able to play. Um, again, talk a little bit more in detail on that in a little bit. So Maurice Hurst having that calf strain is is tough because everybody's spot gets moved up, and that is somebody I would spe- expect to see significant snaps in Javon Kinlaw's place. Uh, you also have DJ Jones, um, who typically plays alongside Javon Kinlaw on the interior uh, with Nick Eric Armstead and Nick Bosa on the outside. Uh, you also have Contavious Street, who has looked pretty solid this year, given we didn't get to see much of him. Um, through those first couple of years of his uh, of his career. Also, a free agent addition that I was fairly excited about in defensive lineman Zach Kerr. He got some burn there towards the beginning of the season and looked really unimpressive, which was surprising to me. Um, I, I kind of just expected him to be kind of an underrated impact player. I'm not sure if we're going to get that out of him. But if Maurice Hurst has a calf strain and Javon Kinlaw can't go, Obviously, the 49ers are going to need a lot from Contavious Street and Zach Kerr because they kind of round out the depth chart there on the interior. It would basically be DJ Jones, Contavious Street, and Zach Kerr um, if Hurst's injury ends up being significant or is still bugging him when the game comes around and Javon Kinlaw can't go. So we'll see. Along the edge, the 49ers are pretty deep. You've got Armstead, Bosa, and Armstead is capable of playing along the interior if they needed to kind of make some adjustments because you do have Nick Bosa, Samson Ibukam, and Arden Key, and D4 that are kind of capable of of that. But we'll see kind of where they go for that because obviously a once very deep defensive of line unit is just starting to show a little bit of wear and tear. And in the beginning, at the start of the season, when Javon Kinlaw missed some time, we saw what that run defense was like without him and kind of how ineffective that unit looked and having him in the game makes a huge difference but I guess this is this can kind of lead us into that topic the 49ers may have have backed themselves into a pretty rough corner with Javon with Javon Kinlaw because I mean when they selected him in the draft they used the number 13 overall pick that they got from the DeForest Buckner trade which immediately ties the two together and along with a host of elite attributes that are DeForest Buckner, maybe his most elite attribute is his availability. I mean, I'm going to, I'm literally, I probably should have already pulled this up knowing I was going to talk about this, but I am going to literally type this in here right now. DeForest Buckner may have missed like three games, (laughs) four games since he came into the NFL. Okay. So here we go. In his rookie year, he played in 15 games, started 15 games. In his, uh, you know, 17, played in 16, started 16. 18, played in 16, started 16. 19, played in 16, started 16. Uh, 2020, played in 15, started 14. And then he's played in every game so far this season. So DeForest Buckner's availability, and, and as 49ers fans know, it, it, availability is incredibly important is elite in and of itself. And then the 49ers have replaced him with Javon Kinlaw, who is a a very, very, I guess you could say tantalizing rookie. He has a lot of very um, 
intriguing traits. You know, he's, he's made some plays where you're just like, whoa, like, whoa, 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 you know, stuff like that. Y'all know what I'm talking about. But at the same time, he came with some red flags, um, with some knee problems coming into the draft. And those knee problems seem to have already, you know, we've been heard about Javon Kinlaw's knee all season and the 49 the fact that 49ers are just trying to manage it. He was a limited participate participant in a lot of training camp. The 49ers were just trying to stay ahead of that thing. And now I would say is the first week, aside from the fact that he missed time to start the season, where it seems like they might be playing catch up. And uh, Kyle Shanahan did talk a little bit about Javon Kinlaw's knee injury. Uh, he was very frank in the fact that it is a concern for the 49ers. It is no longer kind of just pain management or something like that. Kyle Shanahan even used the words um, that he kind of suffered a setback. And I don't know how significant that setback is. I don't know how much that keeps him from playing. But like I said, Kyle Shanahan even went as far as to say that that this knee injury is hindering his development. He can't go as hard as he would like to go. He can't learn out there on the field as much as he would like because this knee injury is holding him back. And it's just kind of – it's frustrating a little bit because, like I said, you were – and there's way more than that DeForest Buckner stuff. I'll talk a little bit more about that in a little bit. But you replaced a person like DeForest Buckner uh, who was – always on the field. I believe he played some ridiculous, like 98% of the snaps as a rookie, always on the field and making an impact while on the field. And then you've kind of switched him out with, with a, a pretty, you know, an impressive rookie, one that could take huge strides forward, but one that came with significant injury concerns. I remember reading about teams that had Javon Kinlaw off their draft board because of these knee concerns, the 49ers went with him. And now these knees are a problem. And it, it just gave me like shudders of, you know, chills of the old Trent Balky era where he just always thought he was ahead of the game because he could draft an injured player that was being undervalued because of the injury. And that he just, you could tell he always just assumed the player would heal and then he'd get a steal. And that rarely, rarely happened. And it's not necessarily the same thing that the 49ers did here, but they did know about Javon Kinlaw's injury issues coming out of college and now they're they're becoming a problem the 40 he's it looks like he's going to miss more time and we'll see how much how this keeps going I don't want to be too uh, pessimistic on where this could go but just listening to Kyle Shanahan's answer about that question he's like no it's it's a problem and he can't we can't develop him how we want to uh, because he can't be out there and it it's just unfortunate, and we'll see how unfortunate it gets. But not great for Javon Kinlaw. And if, if you want to check out Kyle Shanahan's press conference and see him kind of talk about that, you'll kind of instantly pick up on the fact that it's a big deal. Uh, I don't know if it's something the 49ers are eventually going to throw in the, the towel and have him have surgery or if it would even make a difference and maybe it's more significant or chronic than that. We'll see. But it doesn't seem great for Javon Kinlaw's knees. Now, Going straight in there to the DeForest Buckner stuff, um, the 49ers media did get a chance to interview DeForest Buckner, I believe, a uh, conference call, and the they talked about exactly what you would expect them to talk about. Um, DeForest Buckner never wanted to leave the 49ers. None of this is really new. 
He never wanted to leave the 49ers. He wanted to meet them halfway when it came to contract talks. He was disappointed when he was traded. He was shocked when he was traded. Uh, but we kind of knew all that. And it, it really, we've talked about this on the pod. You guys have talked about it amongst yourselves. We've talked about it on Twitter. I understand. It's, it's not ideal. Listen, you're talking about DeForest Buckner was my biggest draft crush in who knows how long, ever. I just absolutely loved everything about him. When the 49ers drafted him, I was ridiculously excited just for the sheer fact that I was going to get to spend time watching, interviewing, and talking to my draft crush, you know? And I remember the first time I walked in that locker room and and was face-to-face with DeForest Buckner. I probably never felt like a smaller human being. And I'm about 6'1", 225, and DeForest Buckner is 6'8", 300 pounds, and... Uh, has hands that are literally the size of a sheet of paper. So I was all about DeForest Buckner, but it didn't really take me that much time to realize why the 49ers traded him. And and it's just one of those things where, you know, you got to look at at the second and third third order effects. If the 49ers paid DeForest Buckner $22 million a year, $20 million a year, do they get to re-sign DeForest or uh, Fred Warner? Do they get to re-sign George Kittle? Um, do they get, and and then obviously the big huge part of this thing is not only did the 49ers make things work with those other players and maybe they would have been able to make them work period they also have Nick Bosa coming up and they paid Trent Williams how many of those wouldn't have been able to happen if they'd have signed to Forrest Buckner I don't know I'm not a salary cap guy but in addition to shedding that contract when they traded DeForest Buckner, which was a part of his deal. And the Colts immediately, of course, signed up for that. Uh, they had a buttload of cap space by then. Could probably come up with a better phrase, but every who cares? Everybody loves a classic buttload, not to be confused with a shit ton. Now, the 49ers also got the 13th overall pick. And a lot of people are like, well, why didn't they trade Eric Armstead and keep DeForest Buckner? And you probably could have done that. They paid Eric Armstead about three to $4 million less a year. That's not really that big of an amount of money, especially when you consider, you know, that that does account for the discrepancy between the player. DeForest Buckner is a better player. But if you trade Eric Armstead, what do you get? A fourth? I, I don't know what they would get if they traded Eric Armstead right now. Maybe I'm undervaluing him second, third. Uh, it's not the 13th overall pick, that's for sure. And then again, you're paying DeForest Buckner more. And I'm I'm still walking myself back. Obviously, you guys know I just said it. I was a massive DeForest Buckner fan, but it just wasn't that hard for me to see that the team just had a really shitty and hard decision to make, and that's the direction they went. Would it have worked out better if they went the other way? I don't know because they ended up with Trent Williams. They, they signed him to a massive contract this offseason. They signed George Kittle, who – has been his own problem of availability, but I'm not sure we're quite ready for that conversation yet. And now they've got Trey Lance, who the years down the road, you know, all of this matters. The the big picture matters when it comes to signing a player for 20 something million. Now we've also watched other NFL teams out there just completely stack the deck like the Rams and have all this ridiculous amount of money. And maybe there was a way they could have made it work. I don't know. I don't know, but Obviously, none of it was ideal. Kyle Shanahan said in an interview that he nobody was like high-fiving after they traded DeForest Buckner. Nobody was stoked to get the number 13 overall pick. I mean, it was, I'm sure they were to an extent because having the 13th overall pick is exciting. But especially when you have another first-round pick a little bit later. 
but he was a he was one of the most valuable players in the locker room, both from a production and a personality standpoint. The 49ers just haven't made a tough decision. I feel like you guys don't need me to tell you that. Again, we've talked about it. But everything DeForest Buckner said, for the most part, kind of just made sense. You knew you knew it sucked all around, and he wasn't happy about it. 49ers weren't happy about it. They just did what they had to do. And now they've kind of backed themselves into a rough spot by essentially replacing Buckner with Javon Kinlaw, who is coming with uh, you know some injury issues, and he's having trouble staying out there. Uh, at least this season. So we'll see how far that goes. But hey, um, we got a couple of more things we're going to talk on. Obviously, the Colts kind of just talk about what the 49ers have got to get right against the Colts. But before we do that, let's get in a quick word from our faithful sponsor here at Striking Gold. You already know what it is. Tick pick. 49ers football is finally back. There's no need to exhaust yourself searching all over the internet to find 49ers tickets anymore because Tick Pick, that's T I C K. P-I-C-K is the original no-fee ticket site and the only one you'll ever need as your go-to for all NFL tickets. TickPick got rid of all those awful services that the other ticket sites charge, which lets them guarantee the best prices on all of their NFL tickets. If you don't believe it, you can find better prices for the same seats on another ticket site. TickPick will give you 110% of the difference in the purchase price. So if you can find a better price out there, let TickPick know. They will pay you the difference plus a little bit extra. Uh, Again, like I said, if you're into rain and you don't mind putting on a little poncho, um, the 49ers are playing at home Sunday night, prime time. Jumped on StubHub, um, jumped on TickPick, jumped on all these ticket sites. They're pretty reasonably priced. So like TickPick says, jump on there, get your comparison. um, Get yourself some tickets to the game. Hey, but I did warn you, it's going to rain. So bring a poncho. But don't let that stop you from getting on TickPick.com slash gold, as in striking gold, today to save $10 on your first order of 49ers tickets. Get on TickPick.com slash gold. Get yourself some 49ers tickets. I believe after the Colts game, they are away against the Bears, and then they come back um, against, who was it? Do I have the 49ers schedule right here? I don't. But whatever, y'all know what I mean. Um, get yourself to Levi Stadium, man. Be a part of of that growing atmosphere there. Now, the team has to do their spare of the bargain. They got to win games. But get yourself TickPick.com. Get yourself some 49ers tickets. Be a part of that that action. Uh, it was the Cardinals for some reason. I don't know why, but I felt like the 49ers already played the Cardinals at home, but they didn't. It was at the Cardinals, probably because the stands are red and Cardinals uniforms are red and it just feels like a 49ers home game. Um, So yeah, the 49ers are at the Colts this Sunday evening and then they will play the Cardinals uh, two weeks from now. So, and then you got a Rams game after that. So again, tickpick.com slash gold. See what you can get. Get yourself into Levi's Stadium. Be a part of that atmosphere. It's been pretty solid lately. I've enjoyed it. I've enjoyed it. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. 
Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right. So obviously, I, I think one thing that I've already kind of put off. Well, before we move completely on from the DeForest Buckner, Javon Kinlaw thing, one thing that the 49ers do have going for them, at least right now, is Eric Armstead is playing extremely good football. I know on the stat sheet, he's only got one sack, but pro football focus has him with 18 pressures and he's got a nearly elite grade of an 89.4. And that may even be elite to pro football focus, but I believe you have to crack into the nineties to be considered elite. I'm not sure, but Eric Armstead, I'm not saying he's DeForest Buckner, but he's played pretty well. And also, you know, given a guy that suffered a couple season ending injuries to start his career, he's been pretty reliable through, through the, uh, through the latter part of his career. So it's been cool to see him turn it around. He's playing good football. So no, I'm not saying that he he is a replacement or a reason. But I mean, look at this, man. He had his rookie season where he was kind of in and out. He played in 16 games. But then in 16 and 17, Armstead only played in eight games in 16 and six in 17. But then six since then, he's been 16 of 16 and 18, 16 of 16 and 19. 16 of 16 and 20 and obviously he's playing played in all the games so far this season so it's cool it's always cool to see a player turn around some bad injury luck and and do the damn thing and Eric Armstead is playing pretty good football um, right now he's got 10 total tackles uh, he's got a tackle for loss two quarterback hits pro football focus has him for 18 pressures and then he's got that sack so not necessarily flashy on the stat sheet but you all, I feel like a lot of you guys are smart enough to know that's that's never the end all say all for all of that. So, moving on, probably one thing that y'all wanted to talk about right out of the gate is quarterbacks. Right now, Trey Lance is not practicing. We talked about that. He's got that calf strain, and I feel like that made this quarterback decision, at least for this week and maybe going forward, a lot easier for Kyle Shanahan because although it wasn't pretty against the Cardinals, I felt like Trey Lance showed why the 49ers drafted him against the Cardinals. And again, wasn't perfect, but you could see it. The dude ran the ball 16 times for 89 yards, kept plays going. A lot of those were not planned runs. Those were escaping pressure or just creating. He also completed uh, 15 of 29 passes, which is not great. That's barely over 50% for 192 yards. And he did have that one interception to start off the game. That's that's box score though. You watch that game. It was easy to see what the 49ers saw in Trey Lance. And it was easy to see why the 49ers could decide to go with Trey Lance moving forward. I, I know that there were a lot of people uh, on social media, a lot of NFL analysts, a lot of national NFL media that felt the 49ers should just go with Trey Lance. I believe 
uh, even like Joe Staley, who's been doing a lot of uh, appearances in the media lately, said that the 49ers should go with Trey Lance, which is you know especially interesting considering his experience with Jimmy Garoppolo. So Trey Lance's calf strain may have made that decision. What might have been a tough decision for, imagine if both Trey Lance and Jimmy Garoppolo were healthy right now. Now, not even Jimmy Garoppolo is healthy right now, but imagine if they both were, and I don't know what they'd be doing, splitting first-team reps, or maybe Kyle Shanahan would have just given them all to Jimmy Garoppolo because he's always maintained that Jimmy Garoppolo was always the starter. So if we were coming off that game against the Cardinals and Trey Lance hadn't gotten hurt, Jimmy Garoppolo is working his way back into practice, it would just be a much, much interesting, much more interesting conversation about what could go on Sunday evening against the Colts. And of course, we know Kyle Shanahan would keep it close to the vest until he absolutely had to reveal who his quarterback was. But as of right now, Jimmy Garoppolo is essentially practicing in full. They say he's limited because they, they're just kind of testing the waters with his calf as they go. But it's all signs are pointing towards Jimmy Garoppolo being able to play against the Colts. And Trey Lance, like we said, isn't practicing Probably won't even suit up for the game. The 49ers will have to do some shuffling around with uh, with quarterbacks and uh, bringing up their their backup on the practice squad. But it just would have been it would have been interesting if Trey Lance wasn't hurt and and just to see how Kyle Shanahan approached it. And y'all know how Kyle Shanahan is super stubborn, super adamant that Jimmy Garoppolo has always been the guy. But as you've heard me say on this podcast. I was always fine with Jimmy Garoppolo being the guy until we watched 49ers football in which Jimmy Garoppolo just wasn't behaving like the guy. He wasn't producing at a level that made it make sense to pay him what he's getting paid and to start him over Trey Lance. That experience and that command of the offense just didn't seem like it was there. So it was at that point, it was like, well, what the hell is the point of starting Jimmy Garoppolo if there's not going to be an advantage to starting Jimmy Garoppolo, at least seemingly so. So that's how I felt about that. I think it's pretty obvious that Kyle Shanahan feels different, especially with the amount of experience he has along with Jimmy Garoppolo. But we'll see. Well, I don't think the product on the field on Sunday is going to be a game in which we can judge what Jimmy Garoppolo is is back to and what he's offering the offense. If it's raining as much as you expect to, it's going to be tough to throw the ball. Not going to be a lot of that. Uh, but the Jimmy Garoppolo situation is going to be interesting. Is, is Kyle Shanahan just going to ride with Jimmy Garoppolo moving forward? Um, is he going to get Trey Lance a chance to compete with Jimmy Garoppolo? The big thing with me is the 49ers gave all, all the gave all that up for Trey Lance, knowing that they were limited by Jimmy Garoppolo's skill set and Jimmy Garoppolo struggled to stay on the field and Jimmy Garoppolo already got hurt. Not a major injury, but he's already missed time and Trey Lance had to come in. So what you waiting on? But I'm not here to talk about what that decision the 49ers should be making. All signs are pointing towards Jimmy Garoppolo going against the Colts. So we'll see what we get despite the fact that it could be just extremely limited by the weather and what we can see from this team. With that said, though, uh, Elijah Mitchell and Jamichael Hasty, not Jamichael Hasty, excuse me, I will have a note on him, but uh, Trey Sermon are kind of like that backfield tandem right now. We'll see what they are able to produce against the Colts, and if it is raining, it's going to be on them. 
And the big thing about that is, is against the Cardinals, Trey Lance was the majority of the run game. But Elijah Mitchell did look good in his nine carries, four to three yards, 4.8 per carry. So he should get a lot more touches against the Colts if the weather's bad. Even if the weather's not bad, Elijah Mitchell should get a lot more touches against the Colts. And maybe we'll see Trey Sermon kind of take a more even split of that backfield reps, depending on what he's shown Kyle Shanahan in the meantime. His lack of usage, despite what the 49ers gave up to get him, has just been weird. Uh, I don't know what's going on. Feels the same as like a Brandon Ayuk. Like somebody you expected to produce pretty significantly has done almost nothing. So that's been weird. But especially if it's raining, this seems like a game where uh, the two of them could could get a lot of carries as long as they take care of the football, which, as we know, is the quickest way into the Kyle Shanahan doghouse. Can't do that. Can't fumble. Don't do it. Cannot win with them. Cannot play with them. Cannot coach with them. Can't do it. Y'all already know what I'm talking about. So when it comes to the Colts, just a a very, very brief history of the Colts and what they've been doing. They just recently kicked the Texans' ass um, 31-3, to and I'm not sure that game is really a reflection of anything more than the, the Colts being able to score points and the Texans absolutely sucking ass. If you run through the Colts' schedule, going all the way back to week one, uh, they lost to the Seahawks 28-16. to They lost to the Rams 27-24, to which is a respectable performance against a solid Rams team. They lost to the Tennessee Titans 25-16. to uh, They lost to the Miami Dolphins. No, they beat the Miami Dolphins, excuse me, uh, 27-17. They lost to the Ravens 25-31. to That was in overtime. And then they beat the Houston Texans' ass. So... They're two and three, two and four, just like the 49ers are essentially minus that one game. But I'm not sure the Colts are necessarily a pushover. Carson Wentz has been playing decent ball and they've been running the ball well and they've been competing against good teams. Again, a close game against the Ram, decently close game against the Seahawks. They beat the Miami Dolphins. They went to overtime with the Ravens and they kicked the shit out of the Texans, which is what a good team should do to a bad team. So I do expect the 49ers to kind of have an advantage in this game, but I'm definitely not of any opinion that the Colts are any sort of a pushover, especially when you got old DeForest Buckner back there, um, kind of pushing his way through the, the middle of the 49ers offensive line that hasn't seemed great. So uh, it'll definitely be a game. I do believe it'll be a game. I don't believe the 49ers would just run over the Colts because the 49ers haven't earned the benefit of that opinion. If if the 49ers were playing how I expected them to going into the season, then, then I wouldn't be surprised if I was sitting here banging the drum that the 49ers are about to destroy the Colts. You throw in the fact that they've underperformed. You throw in the weather. Could be just one of those weird, weird games. We'll see. And I don't believe the 49ers have won a game at Levi Stadium. Yet this year, uh, they lost to the Packers. They lost to the Seahawks. Uh, so we'll see, man. They they just haven't earned the benefit of the doubt when it comes to really anything. And to me, the the biggest reason for that, or I guess you could say that to me, it's on Kyle Shanahan. Not necessarily result. Obviously, we know the result is. But whatever happens in this game is on Kyle Shanahan. We know how good he is as a coordinator, as a play caller, and even as a head coach. I believe he has earned that right. I know his win-to-loss record doesn't necessarily speak to it but as 49ers fans know there's a lot of context in that win to loss record we know it 
But at the same time, it's the NFL. It's a black and white business. You got to at least you got to start producing eventually. And Kyle Shanahan has not produced this season. His offense has not been good. Uh, it's been disappointing to say the least. You know, the offense lit up the Detroit Lions, but now that we know that, that's not necessarily impressive. Um, they only put up 17 against the Eagles. They only put up 21 against the Seahawks. They only put up 10 against the Cardinals. Rookie quarterback, I get it. Um, they managed to get 28 against Green Bay, but they, still they dropped that game too. So it's just it's been a weird year so far for Kyle Shanahan. And as far as what we've got going into the Colts game, it's on him to me. It's on him. The defense has been solid, holding the Eagles to 11 points. Uh, the Packers, that was just one of those games. But, you know, it seems like the defense has done their thing, but in all of these scores, when you're giving up 28 points to the Packers, 28 points to the Seahawks, holding the Cardinals to 17 points is damn impressive. But you guys watched those games, especially Packers and Seahawks. How many times did the offense just shit the bed and throw the defense right back out there? And it's tough to expect a defense to hold an offense to a low number when they are never getting to spend enough time on the sideline to recuperate from the last drive so as much as those those bigger numbers kind of seem to put a damper on our our what we feel of the 49ers defense so far I feel like it's been solid there's just been it's just been these weird games where the offense just seems like they're just leaving them out there to dry and I think I'm fair in saying that I think a lot of you guys listening would probably agree with that whether it was Jimmy Garoppolo or or Trey Lance for a game and a half it just didn't seem like it was working. And that is on Kyle Shanahan. I don't care who's at quarterback. You've got the guy you have uh, stuck behind in Jimmy Garoppolo all this time, despite drafting Trey Lance. And you've got Trey Lance, who you gave, who sold the farm to draft. So whoever you've got your tools in your tool shed, use them however you want, but make sure you're using them well and make it work. Go win games. Go put up points. You're Kyle fucking Shanahan, one of the most revered play callers in the NFL, or at least you're supposed to be. So get out there and do the damn thing. I don't know what necessarily there else could be to blame other than just a lack of execution, which often comes down to a lack of coaching. And I don't really want to just be dramatic like that towards Kyle Shanahan because he seems like he's had this place on lockdown since he got here. Um, but y'all know what I'm talking about when it's just been sloppy. So if they're going to go out there and beat the Colts, uh, a lot of that – that onus is on Kyle Shanahan. I'm not just saying that because he's the head coach. I'm saying that because he, his unit, his offensive unit, has seemed like the weakest of the three for the 49ers. Special teams and defense have been decent. So I don't know. I don't know what is to blame, but the Colts seem like a good game to get right against a solid team. And then you've got to go on the road against the Bears, who on offense have struggled a lot behind rookie Justin Fields, but at the same time, their defense is solid. So you're going to need your offense to to give yourself some leeway there. And then, of course, they head right back and they've got the Cardinals again. So they need to get it right. They need to get it right pretty quickly if they're going to give themselves a chance to be competitive at the end of the season and, and give themselves a shot at any type of a playoff berth. I know that, I know that a lot of you guys are like, playoffs? What the hell are you talking about? Playoffs? But they're only two and three. The 49ers can turn it around for sure. It's it's They just need to find their groove. They're a talented team. We know that. They've got good players. It just has to start clicking in the way that we know it can, but hasn't. So 
not sure necessarily what to blame that on, but we just know that that's the case. So to me, when it comes to what I'm watching against the Colts, it's what what can the offense do to support the team? Do not send the defense out there over and over in the rain to try and stop the run over and over. It's going it, to – the result's going to be the same if they're going to do that. So I'm going to be watching the offense. Of course I'll watch – I mean, it's not like I'm going to ignore the defense, but I feel like they've held up their end of the bargain. And no matter what the weather is, I want to see Kyle Shanahan get in his bag and do his damn thing against a decent team. And the Cardinal, the, excuse me, the Colts defense is not great. They can very much be scored on. I would be willing to bet. I don't have their team statistics in front of me. I would be willing to bet they're a bottom 10 to 15 unit in the NFL. They could be worse than that. They could be towards the very bottom. But show me. Let's go, Kyle Shanahan. Time to get this team in the right spot. And I want to see it against the Colts at home at Levi Stadium on Sunday night. If not then, then when? Because uh, the 49ers have too much talent on this team to just be a, a, a mediocre team and, and have one of those throwaway seasons that they wish they could have back. I think that does it. I think that does it. Hopefully I'm not leaving anything too major off. Um, if you haven't listened to it on 49ers Talk, which is Matt Mayoko's podcast from NBC Sports Bay Area, um, he interviewed John Lynch recently. It was an interesting interview. I'm not necessarily going to say anything was surprising or shocking in any way. You know, he talked a little bit about Trey Lance's first performance, talked about Brandon Ayuk's struggles, talked about, you know, his hits and misses as a general manager and as the team drafting. Uh, wasn't necessarily anything that was said that was surprising. I know that there was some stuff going around Twitter about his body language and itching his ear and his hair and when he was asked tough, asked tough questions. But if you uh, if you get a little bit extra time, check that out if you haven't listened to it already because it's worth listening. I, I did listen to it and I was trying to determine if there was really anything to break down in terms of a podcast perspective, but it was all pretty cut and dry as far as what you would expect John Lynch to say. But nonetheless, check it out. Hey, I appreciate you guys. Thank you for listening to the Striking Gold Podcast. You know I love you. That is what it is. Um, the Colts are playing the 49ers on a Sunday night. I will be watching that game uh, from my family's house. We're doing a little get-together to watch the game. Uh, I'm not going to make the trip to the stadium just because it is a Sunday night. I do have to return to my teaching duties bright and early Monday morning. So I'm not going to be making the trip to the game. That also means that I will likely record my podcast on Monday. Um, unless I just find my find some time right after the game Sunday evening, I'll likely record my podcast on Monday and have it to you guys Tuesday morning with my instant reactions to the game, uh, breaking stuff down. I should be able to get some of the quotes uh, that Kyle Shanahan usually gives on that Monday too. So that's when you can expect to hear me next. But again, I appreciate you guys. Thanks for listening to Strike and Gold. Uh, make sure you are downloading, uh, subscribing, rating, commenting, loving, hating, whatever you got here, man. You know we keep it real. Uh, I appreciate y'all. Thank you for listening to Striking Gold. I hope you have yourselves an amazing Friday, an amazing weekend. And uh, let's see what the 49ers can do against the Colts Sunday night at Levi's Stadium. I'm looking forward to seeing it, especially if it's going to involve some more sliding defensive tackles along the rain-soaked grass. Love it. Love it. Hey, appreciate y'all. I'm Rob. This is Striking Gold. And for another episode, we are signing out.